Shalom Abrach, we're up to Yevom Azdaf Peiches. Today is Daf discusses the sugya of Eid Echod Ne'emon Surim, And when the second husband shows up after the woman, the first husband shows up after the, the woman already remarried based on a testimony from an Eid or two, in what scenarios is she allowed to stay married to the second one? Now the Gemara begins by saying, makes a diok from the Seifa, which told us, that if she marries without Bezdin, she remarries without Bezdin. She's allowed to go back to her first husband without the Rishos of Bezdin, using just Adim. It sounds like the Rasha was talking about where she did have Rishos Bezdin. And it's a case where we only had one aide telling her that her husband had died. You see that we've been leaving this one aide to allow her to remarry. We have a Mishnah also, it tells us. If someone has a chazaka being married, if we have an Eid mipi Eid, an Isha mipi Isha, an Isha mipi Eved, or from a Shivcha, you see that we would trust one Eid. Furthermore, we have another Mishnah that tells us, if one Eid says that an individual ate Chalev, and the other one says, nope, he did not eat Chalev, he's Potter. That sounds like he's only Potter because the second one said he didn't eat, but if the second one hadn't said that, or if the guy who was eating didn't, didn't deny it, then we would believe the Eid Echad that he ate Chalev. You see, that we believe one Eid. The Gemara asks, So where do we see in the Torah that we believe one Eid? So, the Brisa tells us, we learn it from the Pasuk of, If someone finds out that he did an Avera, he has to bring a Korban. But that's a, that tells us that when he figures out that he did an Avera, not when other people tell him that he did an Avera, I would think, even if he doesn't disagree with them, he's still Potter. The Gemara says, no matter what, if two Adim come, then even if he doesn't deny it, he's Chai. Now, what's this case talking about? If it's a case where two Adim came and said that he ate Chalev, or did some Avera, and he doesn't disagree, of course he's going to be Chai. Two Adim just made, and he went along with it. Elamai, we're talking about a case... The Pasuk must be talking about of where only one aid was made on him, said that he brought Hulun Lazara, and since he didn't speak up, we believe him, this one aid. You see, that aid Echod is Ne'emon. The Gemara says, well, maybe we're not listening to this one aid. Maybe, since this guy was quiet, that's Ohidah. Shtika Kohidah, Damya. This is not a riot that we're listening to the one aid. I can prove it in the Seifa. It says, if two people say that an individual eats ate chalev, and he says, I didn't eat it. Tanakama says he's Potter, or a mayor is Mechayev. A mayor has a Kavachaymer. It says, if two Adam can put someone to death, they could definitely be Mechayev and for eating chalev. But the Tanakama, the responded to him, no, it's different here because he can say, I ate chalev b'mezid, and he could get off the hook. He won't have to bring a carbon if it was mezid. Maybe that's why he would be potter here, despite having two Adam against him. Why were the, mech- the Rabbanon mechayev, this chalev eater, with one aid? If it's be- because we believe one aid. When the individual was quiet and he didn't deny it, anytime two Adam tainas something against somebody, even if he denies them, we believe they aid him. We believe their claim even if the defendant pleads innocent. And they're about on our pattering him. It must be that the reason why he's going to be 
Chayiv is because he was quiet. And silence is Ohidah. So this is not a Makar for Eid Echon Namon. Rather, the Gemara tries bringing a second source for Eid Echon Namon. He says it's a Svara. If there's a piece of meat, that's a Suffolk Chalev, Suffolk Shumon. And one aide comes and says, I know for sure that it's kosher, it's shuman. We believe him. The Gemara says, Wow, you can't compare it to this case. That's different. By the meat, we have no idea what it is. There's no chazaka. But by us, by the woman, she has a chazaka of being married to her husband who had gone overseas. And when it comes to Arias, you can't do anything with, that with less than two aidim. It's more comparable to a case of a piece of meat, which is vadai chalev, and then one aide comes along and says, you know what, it's Shuman. We're not going to believe him. It has a chazaka being usher. The Gemara says you can't compare it to that case where of vadai chalev, because even if a hundred people came and said that this chalev is kosher, we wouldn't believe them. But over here with the woman, if two them show up and say that her husband dies, we do believe them. So we would also believe an Eid Echad here. It's unlike Chalev entirely. That's why Eid Echad is Neman. But we have a third reason why we'd believe in Eid Echad. It's just like Tevel, Hektish, and Koinomois. And the Gemara explains. Tevel, even if there's a Chazok of Isura, we'd still believe one, one Eid. Now, if it's the guy's own Tevel, we believe him because he's the one that takes off the Truman and the Meiser. He tells you he took it off, he took it off. But what about an Eid Echad on someone else's Tevel? Now, if I'm taking off my Truma for my friend's field, I could do that, but I, you don't need my Eidus for that. That's just like me taking off of my own Tevel. But if you hold that you need the Das Bailem, I can't take off Truma from your field without letting you know, without you signing on to this. And Reuven will show up and say, I know for sure that Shimon took off his Truman Miser. How is he supposed to know? And the second case we had was Hektish. If we're talking about Kedushas Domim, okay, that's up to him to be Poide. If it's Kedushas Gof, he could be Mater, his, his Neder of Kedushas Gof, on himself. But how are you going to have this Eid on someone else by Kedushan? Well, I'm going to be made that he... Was Mater his nether? I, how do I know? And when it comes to Koinamais also. Another form of consecration. If you hold that if someone makes a promise, Koinamais, that whatever he promises to the Vesem Mikdash becomes Mamish Kodshim, and therefore it'll be Me'ila to use it, well, that's still in his possession. He has the... It's not... It's, He's, it's still in his house. He has the ability to be pointed on something else. So, sure, we'll believe him. But how could he say on someone else? If you hold that, there's no me'ila when he makes a koinam. It's just usur to use. It's government property. It's Hashem's property. Okay, so he's, he's being over an isser if he's lying. But this is all still in his control. So we can trust him. But how can we trust him on someone else? How could he know? That the other guy rescinded his koinam. Rather, we have a fourth reason. A makar for Edechod Namun. Zaira says, since we're going to be so machmer on this woman, if her second husband shows up, like the Mishnah explains, her kids are mom Zaira, she can't marry either one, she gets no benefits from either one. So we're mekel with her in the beginning. 
and we allow even one aide to let her remarry. The Gemara says, you know, do me a favor. Don't be so makal on her now, and don't be so machmer on her later. The Gemara says, no. We dafka want to be makal on her because of igunos. Now, Mishnah told us that when the second husband shows up, she has to be divorced from both of them. Rav tells us a heter, and this is what our Gemara is going to try to understand, that she only has to divorce both of them when she remarried on an Eid Echod's testimony. But if she had two Eidim that said that her first husband was dead, she does not need a divorce. It sounds like her second husband. She could, it sounds like she could stay married to her second husband if she had married him based on the testimony of two witnesses. But in Eretz Yisrael, they laughed about this psak. Her first husband is here. And you're going to say that he could, she can still live with the second person? With her second husband? The Gemara says, no, we're talking about a case where we don't know if this first guy who shows up is actually her husband. The Gemara says, but if you mamas don't know who this first guy is, then why, when you only have one aide, when she only got remarried on one aide, would she need to divorce her second husband? Who is this guy anyways? The Gemara says, no, this guy shows up with two aidim that testify that they were with this gentleman from the moment that he left her until he came back. And yeah, maybe it looks different and whatever, but this is the first husband, even if you don't recognize him. We had this with Yosef at Tzadik. Yosef recognized the brothers, but they did not recognize him. Well, it could be he was speaking a different language, and they were still speaking Lashon HaKodesh. You can recognize someone by their voice. We have this halacha of Asuma. How is Asuma allowed to be with his wife if he can't recognize her? But he can recognize her voice. And that's why when Yosef actually said, Ani Yosef, Rashi tells us that he was now speaking Lashon HaKodesh. He said, listen to my voice, now you can recognize me. Rav Chista says, Yosef left home without a beard, and now he had a beard, so they didn't recognize him. The Gemara says, but at the end of the day, even if she had to aid him to allow her to marry a second husband, there are two husbands standing here right now married to the same woman. Anyone who sleeps with her is Chaim and Hashem Taloi. So Rav Shisha's answer is, oh, we're talking about a case where she doesn't marry the husband who came back. She marries one of the Adim. Yeah, but that's still an Hashem Taloi. She's lost two husbands. This is where the woman says, she has simonim, she knows that this first husband who came back is Vajai the husband, in which case he would not be chai, the aid would not be chai of an Oshim Toloi of marrying her. It's not a suffix by her. So what's the Chiddush? Rabbi Nachman Rabbi Yossi explains. This is a case where the Edom come in and say that the husband's dead. She marries, she remarries, and then another two Edom come in and say, now, rather, before she gets the ch- chance to remarry, a second set of Edom come and disagree and say, no, he's actually alive. Here he is. And then she still goes ahead and marries one of the Edom. And she has no doubt. If she had Taka gotten married, before the Edom came and said, oh, no, your husband's still alive, Rav would not say that she can stay married. I have a price that says, two people say that the husband's dead, and two people say that the husband is alive. Uh, or in, alternatively, if two say two of them say that she's divorced and two say that she's not divorced, she's not allowed to get married, but she doesn't have to get divorced. However, Rabbi Menachem Rabbi Yossi says that she does have to get divorced. Rabbi Menachem Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi says, I only say that she has to get divorced when the Adim say that the husband's still alive and then she gets married, even though there's serious evidence that the husband is still alive. But if she got married with the, with the full assumption based on the first two Adam that the husband is dead, and only after they're married, second Adam come and say, Nope, oh, he's very much alive. 
she does not need to get divorced now. So too, Rav said his psak that she does not need to get a divorce from the second husband when she got married before the second set of Adam came. Rav's telling us that she only has to get a divorce when she got married on an Eid Echad and then her husband shows up. But if she got married on two Adam, even if her husband shows up later, and after she gets married with the, with the first husband back in play, she does not need to divorce the second husband. If she doesn't know, she didn't know when she got married. There are others that learn that the reason why she has to get divorced is because she got married and then the Adam came. But if the Adam came first and then she got married, then she would need to get divorced. And that's Lashitas or Benachem Next, Ravo asks, How do we know that if a Koyin doesn't want to keep all the Kedusha Kahanim, he wants to marry women who are not allowed to marry Kahanim, that we force him to stay within the Kedusha of priesthood, the Pasuk says, even against his will, we, we keep him in a state of Kedusha. What's this Drusha talking about? You don't need to tell me that we're going to force someone to divorce if it wasn't a case when she married one of the Adim and she's absolutely certain that her husband's dead. Elamai, we're talking about a case that she marries one of the Adim and she says, I'm absolutely certain. And we still say that we force a divorce even with an Eid Echad. This is against Rav. Rav says that if it's an, that if there's two Adim, they don't need a divorce over here. It was two Adim and we made them get a divorce. The Gemara says you can't compare it to Kahuna. Kahuna, we're more machmer. Or an alternative answer is that we don't, we're not forcing them to get a divorce once she's married. Bezin has to go out and try to find Adam to disprove the first Adam that let them get married so that this Koyen will still be Bikadusha. Or a third answer is we're talking about a case where the Adam showed up before she got married. And we're going in Shittas for Benacham Barabiyasi. And over there, Rav would be Moide. Ravashi has a totally different interpretation of Rav. Why does Rav say that she does not need a divorce when she married her second husband with two Adim? That means, say she doesn't have a divorce from the first husband. Meaning, she's still much to be with the first husband, but yeah, definitely she drops the second husband when the first husband comes back. The Gemara's only kasha on Ravashi is that Rav already said this. He said in a Mishnah that if a woman gets married without Bezdin letting her, and then the first husband comes back, he's allowed, she's allowed to go back with her first husband. And Rav Paskin like this Mishnah. The Gemara says that that was all said in the same context. That's Rav Zashita. The first husband is now Mutter in place of the second one. Moving on to the Gemara, Shmuel tells us that Rav's Psak, allowing her to marry one of her husbands when the first husband comes back, that's only when she doesn't disagree with the Adim. But if she is machish them, she denies their claims, she can stay married. She's only in trouble if she lets the Adim talk. Gamar says, okay, what's Shmuel talking about? If two Adim come, it doesn't matter what she says. We have testimony against her. We're talking about one Aid. And we're saying that if she denies him, contradicts him, then we don't listen to him. But if she was quiet, then she, she would have to get divorced. Based on this one aid's testimony, Ula told us, whenever the Torah trusts one aid, we trust that one aid as if he's two. 
Why do we care that she is disagreeing with this aid if he's counted as two Edim? The Gemara explains we're talking about a case of Psule Eidos. Like Nehemiah said in Nebraisa, whenever the Torah is going to trust one aid, we go after Roiv Deus. So if we have two women arguing with one man, we count that like two men with one man. We just go by the greater number. Alternatively, the Gemara answers, whenever you have one aide who shows up and he's kosher and he gives valid testimony, even if a hundred women come to disagree with him, they're all only counted as an aid echad. Rather, here we're talking about where the woman came first. This answers Rav Nechemia, who says, whenever the Taira trusts one aid, we go, Basar Roiv. So if we have two women against one woman, that's the equivalent. Halachically, like two men versus one man. It's two deus versus one dea. But if you have two women against one man, then it's like an even playing field, one versus one. And even if she's quiet, she doesn't need a divorce since she's already married. Like Ula said, Ula said, we trust the first aide who shows up as if he's two aid and rock solid. And everyone else who comes afterwards only counts as one aid. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.